Hello there once again, creepos and creepettes. I hope you've had a fantastic week so far. Welcome to episode 7 of Creep Academy. I'm your host, as always, Ghastly Ash. And this week I wanted to expand my little horror-loving horizons a bit and delve into an international horror hotspot that I've become very intrigued by lately. This place is haunted and terrifying Provia Island in Italy. First, since I'm still new-ish to this whole podcasting thing, I have no idea if you all actually enjoy when I explain how I come across these topics or insert how it even remotely pertains to me. So if you are one of those people who hate that as much as some people hate the intro dialogue to recipe pages, I'm really sorry, but I'll try to make the backstories quick. But if you don't like it, just go ahead and skip a little bit further ahead to get to the juicy stuff. For the rest of you who don't mind, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. I'm a huge fan of old Italian horror films. I'm a fan of most foreign horror, but Italian giallo is what really got me exploring films beyond the US and as an 11 or 12 year old kid, directors like Dario Argento or Lamberto Mario Bava are enormous inspirations to me and they're actually the ones who got me into considering that perhaps I can make films myself just because of the way they lit it, the way they told the story, just how vivid everything is, all of those kind of aspects really spoke to me. And as a matter of fact, they're a huge inspo on even this podcast because when I was trying to come up with a name, I actually considered naming it after an Argento piece. So it kind of goes without saying that I often go on these little Italian horror binges myself. And while I was watching Demons 2, which if you haven't seen, please just go watch it. It's a fun Bava movie. I started to wonder what types of real-life horror stories could be lurking regarding this beautiful country. I asked around and went digging, and although I heard a number of really cool things, the one that stood out to me most was Previa Island. Not only because of the word-of-mouth stories, but also because it's horrific documented history. So Previa Island sits just off the coast of northern Italy, kind of between Venice and Lido. In 421, the first documented inhabitants of the island were refugees who were fleeing from the Grecian invaders that had ravaged the mainland at the time. Because the island was small and easy to defend, none of the invading forces really tried to take hold of that island at that time, and the inhabitants lived peacefully until around 1379. And most people were moved from that island to a different island in the Venetian lagoon called Geodeca, and it left the island once again uninhabited. Not only that, but that was the first time the area started to experience bouts of the plague. But from 1645 on, the Venetian government built five forts to protect and control the entrances to this lagoon until the island was handed over to the public health office in 1776 in order to create kind of checkpoints for all the incoming ships just in case they were carrying something they weren't supposed to or they were carrying passengers that were infected with the plague. Obviously, in the late 1700s, they found individuals who were in fact infected with the bubonic plague again. So this prompted the public health office to designate the island as a quarantine colony because they thought that if they stopped it there, they wouldn't spread anywhere else. Since the plague was so lethal back then, the government began to exile any symptom-bearing citizens there. They even went so far as to ship anyone who showed the slightest signs of illness over to Previa many of whom had not even been infected with the plague at all. So it was stated that at times it was so overcrowded that the sick would lie three or four to a bed and quote, workers collected the dead and threw them in graves all day without a break. Often the dying ones and the ones too sick to move or talk were taken for dead and thrown into the pile of corpses, end quote. It's also rumored that the soil itself now, because of all of the stuff that has happened here, is nearly 50% human ash 
which is pretty damn crazy if you think about that. During my research, I have seen different reports that stated that the island was an unofficial quarantine zone a number of times, not just the few times that were mentioned. But the latter of the two spurred Napoleon Bonaparte to label the island as a permanent confinement station for the ill. And this was a base by the English from which to ambush and slaughter French soldiers during the Napoleonic War. This claim is somewhat supported by the various French shipwrecks still littering the bottom of the lagoon. So it's said that the French commandos were captured, brought to this island as well, and burned alive. So the thing about these accounts though is that the timelines on much of that info that I found seem to differ on what occurred, if it actually occurred at all, and when. But for the purposes of this podcast, all that's really important at this point is that the island definitely was a place where mainland Italy sent its sick to basically deteriorate and die alone. It remained so until 1814 when it was again abandoned. The area itself remained in disrepair until the late 18 to early 1900s when the government repurposed the island's old buildings and housing to use it for the mentally ill. But unfortunately, as history has taught us, the asylum was less used for treatment and rehabilitation than it was for the place of exile and a way to kind of keep those who were deemed undesirable due to mental illness away from everyone else. Patients in the hospital actually immediately began to report that they were experiencing the ghosts of plague victims here, and it's stated that they would be kept up by constant screams and wails from the suffering spirits. As time went on, sinister stories about torture and experimentation on the patients filtered to the outside world, including lobotomies done with tools like hand drills, nails, crude chisels, and hammers. The doctor, who was doing all of these experiments, also purportedly performed other mysterious experiments on patients within the hospital's bell tower. And it was not uncommon for the patients to be kept awake at night by the screams and pain and despair emanating from this tower at night. So if you think about that, they're being tormented by these spirits, and then they're being tormented by the people being experimented on in this bell tower. It's a whole crazy mess. But luckily for the patients that remained, things eventually began to take a terrible turn for the doctor. Now, the story goes that the doctor began to be harassed by ghosts, menacing spirits, and strange voices gibbering away in his head. And after being driven mad from those constant voices, it's said that the doctor proceeded to either throw himself, or in some accounts it was stated that he's thrown by an unseen force. Either way, he came tumbling down from the top of the bell tower, this same bell tower that he was creating these deranged atrocities in. A nurse who purportedly witnessed this event would later claim that the doctor had survived the initial fall, but his twisted, broken body had been wreathed in mysterious mist as he kind of laid there in agony dying on the ground until he violently choked to death because of these mists. And yet another persistent rumor is that the doctor's body is actually bricked up within the walls of that hospital, but obviously there's no proof of that. Now, the hospital closed in the late 1960s, but it still remains there on the island, and not much was done with the land aside from maintenance of a few vineyards that are there, which I feel like I have to find out what brand uses these grapes grown from this basically cursed earth because I absolutely need to try it. But anyway, obviously nobody who knew the history of the island wanted to inhabit it, and those who did try have also encountered odd things happening that scared them away. One individual who owned the island for a short time in the 1960s abandoned it for unknown reasons, and yet another family who had planned to build a vacation home there suddenly gave up their dream. 
And one source stated that the daughter of the family had her face mysteriously ripped open while on the island and required 14 stitches to close. There has never been any explanation as to what happened to her to inflict such a wound, but the claim is that a violent entity brutally attacked her. As stated before, it's currently illegal to visit this island these days, but people like me with morbid curiosities take boats out to take a peek. I'm told that the individuals from Ghost Adventures have gone there too for an episode, but I am not really a fan of that show at all. But for those who are, feel free to check it out and report back maybe about whether it was good or not. But many who have visited here have reported being immediately beset with a heavy feeling of dread and despair when they land on the island and it seems to hang in the air like a tangible cloud. There are those who actually, upon setting foot on the island, are suddenly overcome with an uncontrollable urge to leave, and there's also reports of tortured wailing or moaning emanating from the island's various dilapidated dark buildings, as well as an inexplicable tolling of the bell's tower bell, even when there's no one there, an especially creepy thought considering the tower's sadistic history. Some shaken witnesses have described picking around in the remains of the old asylum and being commanded by an unearthly voice to leave and never come back. And it's not uncommon for people to report seeing shadowy figures sulking around in the dim ruins of the island. Reports of being brushed, nudged, or shoved by invisible hands are not uncommon, and there are cases of attacks by unseen forces that are almost brutal in nature. So in addition to being intrigued by the history of the place and its haunting stories, the fact that the old buildings are still left standing there actually really makes me want to check this place out for myself someday, because in addition to horror and creepy things, I'm also really interested in urban exploration. So the urge to film and photograph these places is super strong to me after reading about it. Maybe one day I'll be able to sock a little bit of money away and head out to see it for myself, but if I ever do, I promise I'll live cast or YouTube a video of it or something like that as I'm there for you guys to all check out or something. But Anyway, that's it for today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it and you hadn't heard about it before, but I'll post a few pictures on the website so that if you want to head to creepacademy.com and let me know your thoughts, that would be great. And don't forget, please, please, to share, like, and subscribe if you love the show. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at creepacademycast, or for those of you who are on the Slasher app, which for those of you who don't know about it yet, it's a social platform that's horror-focused. You can find me at Ghastly Ash. So until next time, kitties, stay creepy.